This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. G'day, Steel Nation. Welcome to Steel. It's Touched Down Under. And today you're hearing, you know, my voice first. Oh, my name's Mark, and today I have a special guest. G'day, Jeff. What's going on, mate? Doing good, Mark. How are you doing, man? man. It's um, I'll be honest, man. It's super weird. Uh, Maddie, Maddie couldn't uh, come to the table today. Um, he said to me yesterday, "Oh, I'm feeling a bit sick. I hope it gets better." And I was like, "Oh, man. Now you know I've got to like lead the show and bring a guest in." I'm like, "Who do we bring in?" Our other Aussie, Jeff. <laughs> Honorary Aussie. Yeah, well, we've done, we've done the show a few times, and today, like, mm-hmm. we won't be doing, um, you know, we're not doing Sling the Sling at the moment. We're just kind of talking about our Steelers. But I find this stuff really funny, man. Like, like, I don't know about you. Are we in this really quiet time that not much is happening? Like, we're waiting for the frenzy to happen, right? And it feels oh, yeah. kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Is, doesn't that feel weird? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This This time of year is weird but also like i was telling uh dave early, on one of our earlier conversations dave schofield um i actually really like this part of the season because it's right after the games end and i like i get to kind of start digging into stuff that i've wanted to dig into all year in film so i like this time of year it's going to get old soon but i i i like this little break i know i know most people don't but for me for how I probably do like my film rooms and stuff. I, I like this. This is a fun time because I get to dig into some stuff that I usually don't get to look at. Yeah, no, no, I hate I hear you on that point too, but it's kind of like there is for me, there is and, and we're in this world now too with the media and, and stuff we do here on Behind the Little Curtain. And the, the kind of idea is it's a chance to over speculate everything. Mm-hmm. Right. The other yeah. day, was it Rogers wrote a, a weird text and apparently he was out of Green Bay? Colin Murray. Uh, you know, deleted all his socials, and then next minute he was going. It was gone from the Cardinals. Now we haven't had too much of that with the Steelers. We've had a few things with the offensive, you know, um, line coach and defensive coach, and Brian Flores coming in. But it's a big chance to over speculate. And and one of the hot topics, and we won't get into it today. We might throughout the show, but you know, who's our QB, right? And you could name mm-hmm. all around still still a nation and still worldwide. There are about you know ten to twelve options that people think for QB. Just quickly, who do you think that might be our QB right now? If you say like who's gonna start, yeah, one? like this is what I'm saying. Odds like, on fa- so we're doing like Vegas odds here. Who's our who's man. our favorite to start week one? Yeah, 2022. I'm gonna go Mason Rudolph. I I agree with you. Yeah. What, what, what is your what is your theory? I, I've got my theory on it. And I've I've got my theory even on my on my my solo channel I do with Steel Nation Australia, which is just me talking. But what is your theory on that? Because I've got a theory. Okay, I I think they're going to bring in a veteran. Uh, But I also know Mason Rudolph isn't the slowest person. He's not like mud foot, you know what I'm saying? He's not running in mud. He can move. Uh, And the offensive line coach we just signed, 
has been around for multiple players, multiple quarterbacks, best rushing season from Tyrod Taylor to Sam Darnold, who's not a rusher, Teddy Bridgewater, who's mobile, but not a rusher. Like those guys run for yards in this offense that we are, we are trying to run and that this offensive line coach has run other places. They've done it. So I'm like, you know, Mason can work. He can, he can do this. They know him. I think they give him a shot. And I think he's the safe bet to say he starts next year. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. Like, I I think that what's going to happen is all the speculation about bringing in Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy G, which I hope we don't get, Aaron Rodgers will just be, you know, the hype train and it won't happen, right? Yeah. And when that doesn't happen, at number 20, I think we, we're, we're leaning towards maybe signing someone on the defense to shore that up to help Mason out, right? If you have a good defense and you can't, you know, we can't keep wasting the talent with like TJ Wharton Cam, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can shore that up. Then it doesn't really matter who you have a quarterback. They have a guy who they trust, who they did draft with Mason. And they also have now a competition with Haskins, right? So what's yeah. going to happen is, and what the Steelers don't really do, we don't really make big moves like that at quarterback. We're not going to bring in Jimmy G for all these for all this money and trade away all the picks. And then the next few years, we have nothing. We're probably going to go... With Mason, right? I have a theory that we're going to go with Mason for maybe six to seven games, depending how he goes, right? Say, for instance, if he goes four and two, and they'll go, hey, on, okay, Mason, you're playing really well. We're going to keep you again, play the next six games, right? However, yep. if Mason struggles and it's, you know, if we go three and three, two and four, or say we go for seven games, they'll bring in Haskins after that. He might be ready. If they bring in Haskins, right, and this is what ha- kind of happened with 2019, right, the two different quarterbacks came in and we still we still played okay, still had a chance for the playoffs. When Haskins comes in, he might play six games and he might go three and three or four and two, depending, and then they'll say, okay, who's going to play the next last three or four games, have a chance for the playoff run and see what happens. So if they're going to if they're gonna start Mason, I'll, I'll give you one more question. If they start Mason, will he play the whole year? Like, will Mason play the whole year? That's that's what I'm trying to think, because I don't think he will. I think he'll play the start, maybe get injured or something like that, or his performance will, will go down. Next minute, Haskins comes in. So you don't have that number one, but you have, I guess, two number twos that can play. And it won't well, matter because of our defense. Well, they're going to bring in a veteran. I, I really believe that. Uh, I think Kevin Colbert was saying that. We're going to bring in some people. I think they bring in a cheaper option. A guy who's kind of a retry to Tyrod Taylor, a uh, J- uh, Jacoby Brissett. Both of them have run this offense. Both of them know what they're doing in this in this stuff. A veteran that can, you know, be knowledgeable. And I think at some point they get in. I don't. I don't think it's right off the bat. I think Mason Rudolph is your starter early. Uh, but I don't. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll agree. I don't think he's gonna play the full season. And I think someone else will go in and make it hard to take him out. Similar to what Devlin Hodges did to Mason Rudolph when he came in and was winning games. Uh, it took a little bit for them to take put Mason Rudolph back in. I do want to say I know people are upset about Mason Rudolph potentially being that. Uh, mm-hmm. The game he played in Detroit, not only is that the game Dotson went down and they played B.J. Finney at guard, which was awful. The run game completely fell apart, lost all the momentum it had. It was terrible. And his receivers were James Washington, Ray-Ray McLeod, and Deontay Johnson. And Ray-Ray McLeod had 12 targets in that game. Like, when you're throwing 12 passes to Ray Ray McLeod, that's bad. He led the Steelers in receptions in that Detroit game. That's not a winning success for formula for any quarterback, no. let alone Mason Rudolph. 
he can do better. His one game with Chase Claypool is one of Chase Claypool's three 100-yard uh, receiving games. And Mason Rudolph was great with Juju Smith-Schuster. When they played in 2019, Deontay Johnson was always uh, Mason Rudolph's number two or number three receiver. It was always, you know, someone else being being ahead in targets. So I think there's a good chance he could be a solid quarterback for the Steelers. And I, I think we'd make a playoff push. If they get the offensive line together, this team can make a playoff push with Mason Rudolph. Well, even, even to, like, yeah. So even if Mason Rudolph starts, right, and say, for instance, if we do, I think Dwayne Haskins, has he, like, not been signed, right? Or well, he, he, yeah, I think they, I think they tendered him. They have to tender oh. him. And I think they, they, they have a plan in place to do the original round yeah. tender because he's a first round pick. So he's cheap. They're going to keep him. Yeah. So, something tells me that Mason goes okay for, say, 12 games and we're even. Or maybe we're up by because the schedule next year is a lot easier than than uh, than last year, in my opinion too. I think we versus the Falcons, they're going bad. We versus we versus New England, and they have Mac Jones, but it's New England kind of style. There's a few few teams that we can beat, but if Mason like you know goes 500, there might be a certain time where he's just not maybe not good enough, and then another quarterback comes in like Haskins and starts to fire up. I don't know. Yep. I don't know if that happens, but I think we do have a playoff push in us as well because if we can, we, if we can shore up the O line and make this offense around Najee, it's going to be very exciting. And to even to a certain point, having no Ben there, and, and Ben was, you know, standstill in the pocket last year, I've been, I've been, I've, I have fallen victim to this. Like, I love Big Ben and the way he played, but maybe he should have, you know, retired two or three years ago because he wasn't the same, right? His, yeah. Like, mentality-wise. After his return from that surgery, he wasn't the same guy. Yeah. Mentality-wise, he was fantastic. You know, he can mm-hmm. read the defense and do all these things. But you do need at some point to play 11 on 11. And we were playing 10 on 11. And they had the advantage every single time, right? Even to a fact that Big Ben didn't like getting sacked. He didn't like running around. He didn't like doing doing anything. Even if he knew he was going to get sacked, he kind of fell down in a weird way. Um, it was very strange to watch and very hard to watch. Because even now, before we get into the, into the theme of the show, this team is, I'm finding, very funny at the moment. We have so many good players, but we just can't win. We just can't. We just we cannot win in the playoffs, and it's very frustrating. Like I have this yeah. one thing, and I've probably told BTSC before, but I haven't told you yet. You have TJ Watt getting twenty-two and a half sacks, defensive player of the year, and you don't win a playoff game. Yep. Like isn't that isn't that madness? That's madness, yeah. right? You think about mm-hmm. like the days of like two thousand eight uh, defense with with uh, Harrison and and Troy. We won games. We won so many games. You have this team now. That makes something's missing. You know, maybe bringing in Brian Flores helps the team. Um, maybe having a mobile quarterback, even Mason is mobile because he can move his feet. You know, yeah. I think something's missing, and I wouldn't stress too much if we if we don't bring in a, in a, a big name player. Like, yeah, bring in Tyrod Taylor for sure. Have three quarterbacks that can all play and can all win games, and they can go 50-50, right? But I wouldn't mm-hmm. stress too much if we don't go and get a Rod or you know like that. Yep. But are you ready to dive into the theme of the show? I'm I'm ready to get going. <laughs> All right. So today's theme we did we did the, the uh, defense last week. Last week we were ranking. I think we're going worst to first, right? Mm-hmm. Worst to first. Today we are doing the offense, right? So I want to start. We're doing a uh, six to one, and uh, we, I'll start with you, Jeff. Who is your the worst position at number six? Well, this 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 is going to be the controversial one uh, because I'm going to go with quarterback. 
Really? Oh, whoa, yeah. Boy. Quarterback, really? worst of all. If you want, if you want my analysis for it, let me let me give this to you right yeah, here. Hundred percent. Nothing is more quarterback related than third down conversions to me. Like the, you get third in a bad spot, that's when your quarterback makes plays. Ben Roethlisberger was second in the NFL for the most third down passes that were the down, like the yards to go was six yards or more. So third and six, third and seven, or more than that. Number two in the NFL for those passes. He converted 25.2% of them for first downs. That ranks 37 out of the 43 quarterbacks who threw at least 20 third and six or more or longer passes. Quarter, the quarterbacks, the entire group of quarterbacks that were worse than Ben on third and six or longer, Tyler Heineke, Cam Newton, Drew Locke, Trevor Simeon, Tyler Huntley, and Justin Fields. Those are the guys that were worse than him. Directly above him, Davis Mills, third round draft pick, rookie quarterback playing for the Houston Texans. Like convince me that the Houston Texans had a better supporting cast around a third round draft pick rookie named Davis Mills than we had around Ben Roethlisberger. You can't do it. That team was awful. That team was absolutely terrible. Their staff was terrible. Their players were terrible. And they, Davis Mills completed yeah. more third and long than he, than Ben did. Right above him was Jared Goff in Detroit. Like these are the guys that were converting third and six or longer more than Ben Roethlisberger. Ben was fantastic his entire career. Legendary quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually underrated. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think he, the NFL underrates him. But the last two years, he has not been the same guy. And in 2021, he was the number one problem with the Steelers' offense. I I, I think you've just changed the whole game because uh, – <laughs> wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So he was 37 out of 30 – 37, 37 out, of out of 43. Yeah. That's terrible because you need you need to be a starter, right? At 32. Yeah, like the top 32 is kind of your, your starter level. Wow. Yeah. You know what's funny too? How you said Heineke. I, the, the amount, when I think of Heineke, I think of him running for third downs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I saw every time I turned on the, the football game uh, to watch them play, he was running for a third down. He never threw. Yeah. So even yeah, he, was, he was Tyler better. Huntley, Justin Fields. Cam Newton, like they had, like you got a bunch of running quarterbacks, and you got like even Drew Cam Locke. Newton was higher than Ben. No, worse. They oh, were worse okay, than yeah. those are guys. Right, the only you. guys that thank were lower you. than Ben. Thank you. Yeah, and he you. was in Carolina <laughs> where they were awful. Because he was, was in so Carolina much, and he was awful. There was so much hype around Cam Newton, and then everyone was so excited, and then that that yeah. just crashed big time. Oh, yeah. Okay, well that shocked me. That has shocked me, but it's also got a theme. It's got a theme when when we get to four. I think our theme will be the same, and I'll explain my theory as well. So uh-huh. I went inside uh, inside O line, right now. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll premise the fact I'm not the biggest offensive line guy. I try and watch it every single year, but honestly, the TV doesn't show the offensive line, so I don't see it, right? Uh, but I just want someone to thump someone. I want someone to just start doing things, and I didn't really see that on the offensive line. First of all, you know, Trey Turner at the start of the year gotten some really bad. Uh, bad media, I guess, when he spat on that person during the game. That's mm-hmm. bad. You can't do that. We don't do that as a stealer. I don't. I do not recommend that. Yes, he came back and he started to, you know, get the team fired up with Claypool and, and, and getting him, getting him in order. I just found that a lot of times things were breaking down with the with the interior offensive line. I just didn't think, you know, we've missed the days with with the with the 
uh, the Pouncey and, and De Castro. And we just kind of missed that feeling of that, that grunt mentality. I don't have the stats on me, but I think we we're one of the worst teams rushing. Like we were, what, 32nd yeah. or 31st in rushing. So my, yeah, my number six is just is them, but you've made a good case for me to change it to QB. Like, honestly, you have, but it all fits in this, it all fits in the same theme. So I want, I'm, I'm, I'm interested now, who's your number five then? It has to be, it has to be a part of the, the O-line, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Offensive interior line. I want to say that everything I just said about Ben, right? All the bad about Ben. The offensive line played a large part in that simply because Ben couldn't move. He couldn't get out of trouble. The other young guys, that they could get out of trouble when the offensive line fell apart. This offensive line with <clears throat> Ben Roethlisberger was the biggest problem. And I went interior offensive line uh, because while for, I would say, four games there, uh, from about week five to, to the first part of the Detroit game, the offensive line was actually coming together and playing well. Outside of that, they were awful. Uh, when Kevin Dotson went down, Kendrick Green went from being, you know, not very good to being like sabotaging the entire line. Uh, BJ Finney was bad uh, to the point that, that what JC Hassenhauer and, and John Leglu were an improvement over what we were getting from like from other guys. The interior line went really, really bad uh, towards later in the year and that's just that was it. That was that's the weakest, and I don't I don't blame you for putting them worst. They're in that conversation for worst. Yeah. There's just there's a lot on the bottom. Like this this is a a race to the bottom kind of offense we had last year. Well, it's it's kind of funny because you know I went with uh, offensive line, but it kind of feels like this team is like I I remember when I was living in Canada in 2016. And we had the chance to, you know, we were, we were in the playoffs. We beat Miami. I think we beat someone else too. We beat Chiefs, Miami, and then, or vice versa. And then we went to the playoffs in um, New England and we lost. But it kind of feels like with Big Ben and how what I've seen, I'm like, oh, we have a chance to win everything. But the, the team wasn't around him, right? He was getting mm-hmm. older. Um, we couldn't, you know, a lot of fans and everyone around the world was like, oh, we have to get rid of him, but you just couldn't get rid of him. Like there's no, you know, he's been in your, 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 in your staple for forever. Yeah. But we, at some point, I guess if we wanted to win, we would have been better being with a young quarterback and maybe, but there was no line there. Right. So we yeah. kind of missed that. So my number five was, was the same, similar thing was pretty much the O-line in general, like offensive tackle, but I know you know a lot more than I do about Dan Moore, and I think Dan Moore played really well. And even 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 seeing like Dan Moore and Dotson play together was pretty fun. I, I saw a few of your mm-hmm. articles, even even some of your shows too. And I'm like, oh yeah, when you look at, look back and go, wow, like they were they were solid people. They were super physical on the edge, and it was fun to watch mm-hmm. them play. However, on the other side, uh, right tackle is Chooks just a guy. Like he, I feel like he's just been like that that backup for you know for this for the Steelers, but he's playing okay. You never really see too many, you know, like a lot of storylines or the, the the Steelers never really bring him up too much and, and and hype him or put him in any any movies or any videos anything like that. And also Zach Banner, we paid him all the coin, and I'm not even sure if he played one snap. You know, so yeah, so yeah. for me, it's the whole the whole offensive line. Um, yeah, for number five. Would you would yeah would you agree? Because would who would be your four then? If that's has to be O line again, right? Yeah, that's that's the tackle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, and it was hard for me to sit there and say, am I doing the interior offensive line or the tackles? You know, which one am I am I putting putting you know as being worse than the others? And because of the injuries, I want that. Dan Moore Jr. 
man, for as many times as you're sitting there watching him just drive people off the ball and crush people's souls, you're watching him just give up pressure after pressure around the edge. Just his footwork was terrible. He's he's a big, strong, long-armed offensive lineman, but he can, he doesn't have footwork. He doesn't have the finesse part of the game at all. Uh, so he he was a problem. Uh, but I but also I like him. I mean, it's it's hard to not like the guy when he's throwing people to the ground and, and pushing people mm-hmm. around. And and we you need that on this team. We need some of that. Chooks, I, I, I would agree with you. He's that he makes me think of those guys that like you think back to the 2005 Super Bowl, you know, run and or 2004 or 2005. One of those times Oliver Ross was a was a tackle. Who remembers Oliver Ross? Who remembers that? No one's sitting there saying, oh, that guy, he was a great part of those Steelers team. You know what? He was the weakest link on the offensive line, but you could live with him. Chukwumokorafor, that's that's where I rank him. He's either a really, really good backup to have, or he's one of those guys that you can start him, and if the rest of the line is really good, you can live with him being the worst offensive lineman. So Chooks is in that category to me. He's, He's solid. He's not great. For some reason, he always does well against Miles Garrett. That's never made sense to me, but whenever he faces Miles Garrett, he does great against him. And then, like, the next week, he'll give up a sack to some nobody. Uh, mm. But he's a guy you can live with. Uh, if, if I can if I can indulge – if you'll indulge me here for a moment, the new offensive line coach we hired, his pass-blocking scheme is very aggressive, very go out, get hands on the rusher, hit them first. He does these, like, single-hand strikes, so you'll be like – like, think of a one-two punch, you know? Like, you're just like, boom, boom. And he's hitting people like that to keep them from knocking your arms down. And the whole time I'm watching this, and I'm watching his clinic where he's talking about this, right? It strikes me that what you want is big, long-armed, strong guys who aren't good with their feet to run this kind of offense. And that's what he likes. He talked about it. He likes really big, long-armed, strong offensive tackles. And I'm like, like Dan Moore. And I'm watching this, and I'm watching what he did on other teams, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this guy, I think one of the reasons the Steelers brought him is, is his scheme works for a guy like Dan Moore, where you can say, okay, you know what? You're not going to be doing, you know, those deep pass drop sets where you're and and, and pushing and, and jostling and using your footwork. You're not going to be doing that to beat people. You're Dan Moore Jr. Go out and hit somebody, you know, go out and just smack them right in the chest. That's what this guy wants to do. Uh, and And it works. When he was in L.A., the Chargers, the Steelers, in their two games against L.A., only got three sacks. In those seasons, the Steelers averaged more than three sacks a game, and they got three sacks in those two games combined. T.J. Watt only got one, and in those games, he was visibly frustrated mm-hmm. and, like, like pushing and fighting with offensive tackles because he, he they were disrupting everything he does. So I like the offensive line coach we brought in, but especially with the idea that he could really do great things for Dan Moore Jr. Yeah, I think even like a fresh face too will improve this offensive line 100%. Uh, like I think we're going through a really funny time. Like we're transitional period. Like I don't, I don't really believe in the, the rebuild years because I don't think the Steelers yeah. will ever do that. Um, and even to a fact, if we if if we do if we do rebuild, we're in trouble. I think uh, because you look at like the Jags, the Jets, and, and teams like that, they've been rebuilding for forever. <laughs> you know, like when mm-hmm. does the rebuild stop? How big do you want your house? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I teams just... that teams that that like to rebuild, you get like 
15 years of crap and then like like Jacksonville had that one stretch of a few years where they were good. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. then it was over. That's it. That's all you got. Yeah. Welcome to being a Jags fan. Now you got Trevor Lawrence. He's a first round pick. And guess what? The team still sucks. Like that's yeah, what you exactly get. Right. Yeah. What are they and the Bengals, they like even the Bengals, Bengals do the same thing. Right now they got great hope because they got Joe Burrow, but how long is that gonna last? Whoa. How long is Burrow and Chase gonna last? You know, that's this is it. And and if you don't get it now, who knows if you're gonna get be able to win a Super Bowl. Here's a midway transition brought to you by the Bengals. Suck. How happy, how happy were you? I know I was happy. I, I think about it every day. How happy were you when they when they lost the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I get so I got so mad because everyone around Pittsburgh was like, oh yeah, it'd be nice if the Bengals won. And I was like, You're joking. I wanted to slap people. I was like, come here, bring your face here. Let me slap you. What what is wrong with you? How can you root for the Bengals? Like I was, I, I love that Super Bowl. I was like, I was like, watch. I'm like, come on, like hit him. Like go, go hit Joe Burrow. Take him out. Like just smack him in the face. I don't care. Bengals cannot win this game. And when they lost, I loved it. It was like, it it was like a few tears down from, from Steelers way the Super Bowl. Definitely. Mm. But it was, it was a nice moment. It was a consolation prize. At least the Bengals didn't win. Well, exactly. uh, and it was it was great. It was great. Well, I love the I, I love the Bengals loss. And I thought about you, Mark. Oh, my, oh that night I my, thought I thought how good is Marky? Well, how good is Mark him. feeling right now? I hate him so much. Like, I just hate him. <laughs> Anyways, like if I was over there talking to you know the American guys and girls over there, and they said, "Oh, we're cheering for the Bengals," I'd say, "Come closer, come closer," <laughs> and I'll give you a stone cold stunner. And I'll be like, "Mate, there's no way you're cheering for the Bengals. Are you joking?" Yeah. Like yeah, I I, I I've um. I thought of this before. Did you know that in your division or in our division that all three teams can go two and 15? Did you know that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish for that every single year. I don't know. I don't want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, and then go one, they go one and what are they? One and two. No, they're zero and three. They're terrible. They stink. And you bring up a good point though. This could have been a magical year for them. And maybe next year they might fall yet again. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Yes, they have a young, angry side, have a young, angry defense, and they need to show up the O line. But I was so happy they lost because another year they're zero and three. And I'll be honest, it, it, I would probably rather never win a Super Bowl and rather see them lose all the time because that'd yeah. be funny to me. Um, and it's not <laughs> funny for the, the funny fans that you know. There's a maybe there's an Australian Bengals fan that has never seen any success, uh, like I have seen a lot of success with our Steelers, but. It's not good for that fan, but it's funny for the organization to keep failing and failing. And yeah, I was almost in tears. I was like, this feels good. This feels right, you know? Because <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't know. And the Bengals wouldn't let would never let it up. Right. Yeah. They we'd say oh, we have six, and they'd say, Well, we got the last one, and then they'd be Hooday Nation and like I just couldn't annoying. handle it. There's already enough, there's already enough crazy stuff in the world. I couldn't handle the Bengals winning in 2022. It would really yeah. hurt my heart. All right, that was a good segue, good transition uh, to the Bengals suck. That was brought to you by the Bengals suck. Okay, <laughs> number, I think we're on four. I think we're on four. No, I, I need, we still need your number three. I did my offensive line, we're two and three. Or, I mean, we're, uh, yeah, I I did quarterback, yeah, yeah. interior yeah. line, exterior yeah. line. Now we need so your my, third. Worst. Fourth, fourth, fourth. My number four, four. okay. I yeah, can't count backwards, man. I can't do it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Okay, so... My fourth worst, uh, or best best now, fourth best, I guess we'll do that. 
I went QB, right? Okay. I went QB. Now, okay. you know, look, I think we talked a lot about QB, but I kind of want to want to say this with, 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 with what is happening. It's kind of weird that the three worst ones were offensive line and QB, and the star players, receiver, tight end, and, 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 or, and or I've given one away, and running back. <laughs> I've given one away. But the other three ones are our top three, right? Isn't yeah. that strange? It normally should be to be a successful team to have QB yeah. number one, build the O-line, and start to build mm-hmm. that way, right? So our struggles and how you how you put down QB and the offensive line, that's a bit worrisome, right? Yeah. Is that not? Yeah. Like those are yeah, our you, worst, those are worst positions. If you think of the, the best teams in the NFL, it's quarterback and offensive line are leading the way. That's how you do it. That's how you win you Super can, Bowls. You can get away with receivers being the fifth or sixth or seventh on your team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending how good your quarterback is and offensive line, you know, being physical. We're almost opposite this year. We had star players, yeah. couldn't get, couldn't really, you know, 30 second best in the league running, couldn't really do anything. Um, when I went through the list, I was doing the list last time. I was like, wow. I was like, you know, I was choosing the first, the, the, the best one first and then the worst. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like really seeing the, yeah. know, the, the, the disconnect there. Who would be your, your third then coming into the best, get the best of the best? The best three. Okay. For my third, I've got wide receiver. Uh, yeah, third is wide receiver. Ooh. Do you want me to go into it? Um, okay, Deontay Johnson, right? He's our number one receiver. He's not a real number one receiver. Deontay Johnson is a, is a really good number two receiver who happened to put up a lot of stats because he had a lot of volume. He was tied for second most targets in the NFL. The only wide receiver, the only player in the NFL – who a quarterback threw a ball to more times in 2021 than Deontay Johnson was Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup clearly deserved it. Deontay Johnson posted a 63.3% catch rate. That ranks 137th among qualified receivers in the NFL. All the anyone who's thrown passes to, if you got enough passes, you're on the list. You just have to have enough throw. 137th, 10.9 yards per reception. That ranks 78th. His yards per target, 6.9 yards per target, ranks 95th in the NFL. The next player, if you sort, if you just go to like the leaderboard and you sort by the number of targets a player received, the, the next player on that list with worse than 63.3% catch rate and a lower than 10.9 yards per reception is Robbie Anderson from the Panthers. And they are actively trying to trade that guy. And they don't know if they're going to be able to get anything for him because he was that bad last season. No one's talking about, man, we need to lock him up long-term. Everyone in there is like, yeah, we need to get this guy out of here because he's terrible. Deontay Johnson. Now, again, we just talked about how the offensive line and the quarterback kind of kind of made the offense less good. Deontay Johnson has a chance to show he's better than that next year, right? To show that this, this was me playing in an offense that was falling apart. He never played with 2018 Ben. He came a year late to the game to get, you know, be in that kind of an offense. So we'll see, you know, and then we have Chase Claypool who we want to be that tall, fast run down the sideline, catch touchdowns like Martavis Bryant, but he's not that dude. He's not a, you know, jump up over the defender and catch the ball kind of guy. He's a route runner. He's more of an well, X receiver, but he's just a big guy, right? But he's not a – he doesn't play like a big receiver. He can so jump. Yeah, he, he can can't. jump, but he does. He jumps he like – he's like laying back. He's like, oh, 
He can't oh, land. He's like, <laughs> he can jump, but he can't land. Yeah, like, like yeah. Please. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't jump vertically. For people <clears throat> on the audio platform, we were just throwing ourselves around. Of <laughs> you know the ridiculousness that you missed. Um, yeah. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he was really hurt by usage, which is one of the reasons I think Deontay Johnson could bounce back and be better in the future. I think Claypool could too. Uh, James Washington for me is is done. I mean, when you lose your spot to Ray Ray McLeod, when you play with Mason Rudolph, your college quarterback that you've set college records with, and he's throwing the ball to Ray Ray McLeod because you're not open, you can't get open for a guy who knows how you run routes. Come on. James, James Washington, I think he's done. I, I actually think he was significantly worse in 2021 than he was in 2020. I, yeah. I And 2019 was his best. His best football was with Devlin Hodges at quarterback in 2019. When Devlin Hodges would just throw prayers up and hope James Washington would catch it. And James Washington would catch it. Well, The only thing I wish we could do is if we could like surgically combine Chase Claypool and James Washington to have Jake Claypool's size – speed and athleticism but james washington's ability to like actually catch a contested catch and go up over people and catch mm -hmm. it that would be like the ideal receiver we would they'd be amazing but that's the one thing chase doesn't have that could really put him in, into a top tier receiver and that's all james washington has he can't he can't get separation he can't get open yeah i think i think chase Quaypool has the physical you know attributes really but he he doesn't play like the Megatron or, you yeah. know, like the, the way, the way that I'm learning this game too with the receivers and we'll talk about tight ends is how you get body position over the cornerback and mm -hmm. Claypool is just a big body out there. He's, he's, mm -hmm. he's very skillful, right? He, he gets to make some plays. Runs good runs. Over, exactly. Over the longevity of the play or even the game, he does not bring it every single time. He does. He's not winning no. those matchups. And I think even the cornerbacks know that. They know that he's going to, you know, uh, flail or fall over or for some reason, you know, lead off with one foot and jump like he's pirouetting, pirouetting in the air. And he just does not have any body position over the over the quarterback. So he can run run good routes, but he'll make silly mistakes. And yeah. for instance, I always bring up stuff to when, I, when I play with sport. And I, I have to do the tennis analogy, but if my serving game was off and my feet weren't in the right order or my posture wasn't the right, correct set, then things would fail. I think yeah. I think that that Claypool does that. I think he has a tremendous, he has a lot of talent, but he needs to work on these things. And he had like the first the first season was like, yeah, he got like eleven touchdowns and it was fantastic, but he didn't grow from that. He did not grow from that at all. He's still a young fella. Yep. He's, he's he's still still learning the game and understanding the game. But really, he's kind of like that that high school or that college football player. He needs to progress into an NFL player and understand who he is. I think DJ's done that. For the last few years, yeah. I think we did we did miss Juju actually playing this this year. This year he got knocked out like five. Washington didn't really get a chance. Ray Ray took over, and also the stats kind of show that right. Um, mm -hmm. Deontay was our leading receiver at 107 receptions. Claypool had 59, but eight eight six eight sixty yards, two TDs. That's not very good. That means he's not not being trusted as much. Washington had 24 receptions and Ray Ray 39. It was really the Deontay Johnson uh, show, and that was it because there was no, yeah, there was no juju there. I had them as well at three. I did. I had them at them at three as well. I'm interested as like I want to know your second right now because I have another theory too about this. Is who who would be your number second? I, I can almost guess it. It's tight ends. Tight end, right? Okay. Before yeah. we go into it, isn't it funny? I'll ask you this question. Isn't it funny? Or what is your reasoning? Because I I was trying to figure this one out too. I went receiver at third. 
And I thought, hang on. I put tight end number two as well, right? Yeah. But why did you put tight end over receiver before we go into the, the analysis? Uh, one is Pat Fryermuth uh, was <clears throat> effective. He he was a he was a breath of fresh air at a tight end. I think he was underused. Uh, and both of our tight ends were phenomenal blockers. Zach Gentry arrived like as a blocker. Zach Gentry was Heath Miller esque, right? Like he he brought like like Firemuth was kind of like Heath Miller as a receiver, and you know Zach Gentry was Heath Miller as a blocker. So between the two of you them. You have a really, really good tight end group. And I, I put them above the receivers largely because I think they had a bigger impact on the game every game. Yeah. Now, that could change. If you get a different quarterback, you get an offensive line that gives that quarterback time, and the receivers have time to get open and do things, maybe that changes next year. But but this year, tight end group was was dynamic. Uh, Fireman, did he lead the team in touchdown receptions? Uh, I think he had seven. He, no, yeah. DJ had eight, but he had seven, which is still fantastic, right? Yeah, on like on uh, 90 fewer targets. <clears throat> like Deontay Johnson had 169 targets. Pat Fryermuth had 79 and caught one fewer touchdowns. Also, Pat Fryermuth's, uh, I think his uh, reception percentage was quite high. I think he caught, wait, target oh, yeah, 70, caught 79 times. He caught 60. So he's catching, he's catching a lot of footballs, right? But no, I, I agree with you. Like, when I was juggling between, because my number two is the same as yours, tight end, I was like, I thought the tight end had a bigger impact too because, you know, Frymouth played really well as a rookie season. Um, obviously, Ebron went out with injury, and I don't think he, I'm not too sure if he's coming back next year. But I like the idea of Gentry being at number two. And sometimes, I think they even put in radar a few times. Mm-hmm. But also, what, why I chose the tight end too, I did like the play, side note, to give Kevin Radar uh, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a uh, props there. I liked him on special teams. I thought there were some good tackles he made and made some good blocks where he was really physical and he's a big unit. He's like six foot four, Gentry six foot six, uh, Muth is six foot two. These fellas are kind of, are kind of if they're going to build this O line the way we want to, the tight end is going to be an extension of the O line. And then Frymuth can kind of sneak out and play that Heath Miller role. And I think that's, that's what the Steelers need for a mobile quarterback if it's going to be Rudolph or Haskins. So, I like those three tight ends just playing the, the, the certain roles they did. And Zach Gentry didn't do anything last year, but this year in uh, 2021, he got some first downs and he was moving the football. Whereas if you compare that to the receivers, the only guys who really who really showed up, in my opinion, was was Ray Ray because he had to because no one else was was open, right? And he had was yeah. forced to catch those footballs. Washington went missing. Claypool couldn't stay on his feet. And it was the DJ show until until DJ was dropping the football like he always does near the end of the year. So I had to choose tight end, but your mind tells you to choose receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, because because that's been the strength. That's been a big yeah. strength of our mm-hmm. offense for so long. And you look at the guys, and you're like, this group should be good. Like we were really like Ray Ray McLeod was supposed to be our number five receiver. He had a pretty decent season. If you look at that guy and that's your number five, you're like, that's a good receiver group. It's a deep receiver group. But Juju went down. James Washington didn't play well. And the overall passing game struggled. Uh, I do, like I said, I do think this group can overtake. I think it can move up. I think they can move up to number two uh, next season with a different quarterback. Chase Claypool has, 
you know, that one game with Mason Rudolph, but it was a dang good game against the Browns. And he was going against their, he was their number one receiver. They moved him over to the X receiver spot where I think he's a lot better, mm. which is where we always play Deontay Johnson, which it, it kind of asks the question, are we in like that Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown stage where like we've got two good receivers, but they really, they really both need the same position, right? And whoever you don't put in that position isn't going to be quite as good. I, I think we may be in a similar place to that again. But Deontay, Deontay Johnson was a better deep receiver with Mason Rudolph than he was with Ben Roethlisberger. And Chase Claypool is a better deep ball receiver with Mason Rudolph than he has been with Ben Roethlisberger because both of them weren't here in 2018. They were here in 2019 when his arm was, was falling apart. And in 2020 and 2021, when his surgically repaired arm was not cutting it. So they definitely have a chance. Both those guys have a chance to really be something more than what they've shown us so far. Uh, but right now, I'm not, I'm not that impressed with it. Yeah, I, I hope they can. Like I said, like with with DJ, I think DJ had a fantastic year, right? Compared yeah. to the year previous, and and just his route running ability is just so mesmerizing and fun to watch, isn't it? For the game yeah. of football, you're like, how did he do that? What you know? Yep. It just he's all over the place. Um, and I like, I want to see Claypool succeed too, but. I think it might just—it could be an age thing. It could be, uh, you know, the NFL is completely different. You came in like with guns blazing, and now you get two TDs, and and obviously there's a, a disconnect there between you and Ben because he wasn't feeding you the football, and Ben went to more of the, you know, tight ends. But I kind of thought I thought the way that was progressing with with the countdown, you were going to put tight in there. That's because I that was that was my hardest, like maybe not the hardest decision, but kind of like the funniest one. I was like, hang on. You know, a few years ago, yeah. when Ben was lining up five wide, you receiver would be number one. Oh, like yeah. we, we drew that eleven zero streak. All we did was pass the receivers really fast, quick, get out of the you know out of the gun. Mm-hmm. Boom, there's Juju. Although, too, if Juju was on this team throughout twenty twenty one, that would be he could have been second. It might have been second, or maybe even first, yeah. depending how we played. And might have freed up freed up the the running back. And we are down to the to to the number one. Do you, are you, yours is uh, running back, right? Yeah, Najee Harris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he was everything on the Steelers' offense. He was. Like, it was crazy to me doing film rooms talking about mm-hmm. Najee Harris. And you're, like, watching it, and you're like, wow, look at the difference when the offensive line only lets one defender into the backfield. Look how good Najee looks then. Like, we gain yards every time. If they only let one defender get past him, Najee's going to get past that guy and gain yards. But normally it was two or three. Like, at, it's crazy to me that you're thinking that. Like, like normally it's like, no, don't let any guys in the backfield. You got to move them and give them a lane. But with Najee Harris, if there was just one guy back there, he's picking up six yards. You get one guy breaking through the line, coming right in Najee Harris's face, he's getting past that dude and picking up six yards. Like, and it was crazy, crazy watching him as a receiver. Everything but blocking. The only thing that the man can't do is block. Uh, but you didn't need that this year because he was he was the best player with the football in his hands. Yeah, he, he's mine as well. And I, I guess you, we could put, you know, I went inside, offensive line, tackle, QB, receiver, tight end, Najee. You know, it doesn't even need to be called running back because it was it was pretty much just a Najee show. Yeah. I'm glad we have him. I'm glad. I'm so, I'm so you know, now that I'm understanding football more and more and, get, and getting after it, I'm glad to, you know, watch this fella progress and be the best that he can be because he's going to be so fun to watch next year. And even if we do go on to lose, if we don't make the playoffs, I think he's going to have a a big year. And there's hope for this guy too, because every single run that you you saw Najee run, 
his legs were just churning over and over and over. He was hitting someone, like you said, in the face. Next minute, mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's spin moving. He's trying to get extra yards. He only fumbled the football once, and that was in the Chiefs game. He had no fumbles in the regular season, which is fantastic. Now, the thing is, with, with being number one, we, it is a running back group, right? So the other guys, like Snell, Balage, <laughs> they were brought up, right? If they, if they, if, if you know, if they were given money, like if we were giving out like a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, they got a free ride, right? Because I think, yeah. I think with the running back group, I'm pretty sure I just looked at the ESPN stats in. I think about the second running back, third running back carried the football. I think 51 times, including McFarland. I tried to count them all, but it's like quite a few rushes there. About 51 times or 52 times. Different running backs carry the football besides Naji. Now, in my in my opinion, I think I think you need a one-two punch. I think I do. you need a one-two-three yeah. punch. Like you need someone like the days of um, Veron Haynes or um, who's there's another bloke I can't remember or even Samuels to a certain degree would get out and, and, and third down and 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 make the tough yards and um, yeah he, he was great to watch. He was fun to watch too. You know, wasn't a very good runner through the tackles, but when he was in space, he could get that first down. The Steelers haven't got that, right? We are such a funny team right now, aren't we? We have we have <laughs> Najee, who's one of the best running backs to ever maybe play the game, and, and, and it's only his first year, and he's only going to get better because I can already see by his mentality he's going to get better. Yet we have Benny Snell football, which is ghost town, okay? Yes, he played well in a few games, right? But that's in like a few saying, spots, in a few yeah, spots for like a series here and a series there. You're like, oh, he gained four yards. Good job, Benny. Like, like that's that's how low that's how low our expectation is. You see Benny Snell gain four or five yards, you're like, yeah, Benny Snell, good for well, you, man. That's like the exact same thing. Like when if you have like everyone's got like an annoying friend right in their group, right, and they come over to your house for a barbecue, and you say, well, he wasn't that annoying today. Yeah, but he's still annoying. Like just because yeah. he wasn't that annoying today doesn't mean you give him like a medal for not being annoying today. <laughs> Benny Snell, Benny Snell football. What are you doing? Like, I understand yeah. you, try, you, need, you need to get carriage, you need to warm up, oh, I need to warm up into my, into my thing. Okay, change that, change that mindset. If you only know you're going to get 12, 12 carries, make, the, make those your best 12 carries you can get in the game or, or five or six carries you get. We haven't got that second running back. I was pretty high, too, on Balazs during the preseason. I was like, man, this guy's really good. And he went nowhere. <laughs> I just, just couldn't break the line. It also works with the offensive line, too. But Najee had the same offensive line in front of him. How come he... How do you think that that Najee? This is probably an easy question, but how did Najee get the ability to get around that besides the, our second running back? And we didn't even play McFarlane this year, too. Yeah, no, like, uh, like I'm, I'm looking this up: 51 carries by backup running backs for 137 yards. 130. Wait, yeah, 137 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. That's they bad. average less than three <laughs> yards a carry. For our backup running backs, and Najee was just under four, uh, but we saw it. Najee, like I was saying, if one defender got in the backfield, that's usually a tackle for a loss. A defender gets in the backfield on a run play. If a defender got in the backfield against Najee Harris, he's turning that into a game. He's beating that guy almost every time. And while man, it'd be great if he didn't have to. And we saw that for a few games there. We saw games where the offensive line came together, and Najee Harris actually had lanes to run in. And he was a beast. He was awesome. He's in the secondary and dragging people. Like, mm-hmm. 
that's the guy we want. Make a juke move on a linebacker and, and truck a safety and mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, you're dragging him downfield 20 yards downfield. That's what we used to cheer for Jerome Bettis, man. I want to, I want to mm, do that again. I know. You're just like, just, you're, you're, you remember, uh, I don't know when you started watching. When did you start watching the Steelers? Uh, 2004. Oh, 2000. You missed, man, 1997, 98, when they'd be playing like the Bengals and it'd be like the fourth quarter. And you could just tell nobody wanted a piece of Jerome Bettis. Nobody. And he's breaking like, here's a six yard run. Here's an eight yard run. Follow that with another four yard run and then a 15 yard mm-hmm. run. And pretty soon you see this defensive back coming to the box and just kind of be like, oh, I'm going to fall down. Yep. I don't, I, I'm just tired of having to tackle this guy. I want that. I want that offensive line that's just like, we're going to smash your defense. And then the guy be, then the guy behind us is going to run all over you in the fourth quarter and, you, and you're not going to have a prayer. We're going to score touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We're not, you know, just eating clock. We're going to run the ball down the field and score touchdowns because we've got that guy at running back. I love, oh, I, I, I hope this team in this offseason can really turn the offensive line around and get the run game going. Because man, I th- I I want to see that version of Najee Harris as a good line that gives him holes and and a second running back that gets carries so we can lower his snap count, lower his carry totals. Uh, another thing I really like about this offensive line hiring everywhere he went, he had running backs like Melvin Gordon, uh, Shady McCoy make the Pro Bowl while getting like significantly fewer carries than they did the years before and after when he was there. Like he's consistently had two backs sometimes three guys running the football mm. and doing it well <clears throat> and then you had your star guy averaging five yards a carry but you know only running 230 times a year it's fantastic yeah. making the pro bowl and a hundred less carries than you know he would have gotten love it i hope that works i hope they're able to pull it off on the steelers because man i'd love to see that with Najee. i think like like for me and maybe a lot of Steelers fans i've just as the years go past, it has been a very long time since we have been to a Super Bowl. Was it 45, right? And it's yeah. been a very long time. Not 45. Was it 45? Yeah, that was two, 2010. Oh, it was two. Yeah, 45. And it's been a very long time since we won a Super Bowl, right? We have yeah. these expectations and the idea of what a Steeler team is. But in reality, the Steeler team is so different to what it was in... I'm stuck in 2008, 2009. I love that team. That team yeah. was one of my favorite teams to ever watch. I I sometimes just you know, if I'm feeling down or whatever, you know, life's not life's not swinging the right way. Just chuck on the old Super Bowl forty three and everything's better. Um, that team was a menace. That team was physical, was still football. Yeah. And I think this Pittsburgh Steelers team needs to find their identity yet again on the offensive line. And we have Najee to do that, right? But he can't mm-hmm. be the whole show. He was my number one as well. But he can't be the whole show. We're transitioning into a, into a new quarterback. Mason won't be the franchise guy. He might just be the bridge guy to, to someone else or who, whoever comes in. But we just don't know our identity. And it's kind of a little bit frustrating because we are a very successful franchise and we never tank. But I guess maybe our ceiling is always maybe just a wild card now and that's maybe it. I, I don't know. But at the yeah. same time, like when you bring up the old days with Bettis running the football in the fourth quarter, and that's why I think that's why even another reason why when I started to play Madden, I was like, who is that big fella just running down, you know, over people? That is fun to me to watch. And we oh, haven't yeah. watch, watching last year in 2021, 
was was one of the years that every single game was a heart attack game. If we were down by 15, 16 points or 17 or sometimes 21, otherwise when we're up by eight points, I think it was the Denver game, we let them back in, right? And it's always yeah. come down to, and I think part of it, right, I think I was talking to Maddie about this too. I think, I think Big Ben liked the drama or like, you know, kind of the mentality of like, I'll do my homework. Oh, it's, it's due tomorrow, but I'll do it in three hours. And I'll, it, it will get done and I'll still get an A plus, right? He was mm-hmm. to me like, no matter what happened in the game, it came down to the last five minutes. I can still win it, right? It doesn't, maybe I don't need to, to do that. But I think for, you know, even, even looking back at some games in 2016, 2015, or even 2008, there are games that like, you know, you walk past the TV and you go, oh, the Steelers are up, you know, 41 to 10. Ah, that's all right. Good stuff. We haven't got yeah. that anymore. We just, no. you know, we haven't got that. And, and I don't know if what the question is or what, like, how do we fix that? Or what, what do you think can change like this year? Can the Steelers get back to that winning mentality? Do you think? I think they can. I th- I think we can make a playoff push this year without that. I think we can, we can make the playoffs with Mason Rudolph if, if we get the offensive line fixed. Because really, if you have the offensive line fixed, right? Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are good receivers, but even if you ignore them, if you've got Pat Fryermuth and you've got Najee Harris and you've got an offensive line that can really run block, your play-action passing game mm-hmm. is ridiculous. You can't cover Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris. If that offensive line is really good, you can't deal with both of them. So the receivers at that point, like, like yeah, Chase Claypool, you're going to be open. Deontay Johnson's going to have space underneath because you can't deal with these other guys. Because the offensive line won't let you just shut them down. Mm-hmm. And I know quarterback is an important spot. But honestly, Steelers won. Like, you go back to before Ben. Steelers won a playoff game with Cordell Stewart. They won playoff games with Cordell Stewart. They won playoff game. They won a playoff game with Tommy Maddox at quarterback. They, I think they won a playoff game before that with, with uh, Mike Tomzak. Like, you know, they you can win a playoff game. You can get to the – you can get to – and if you're – if you – if you go, you know, 12 and four or 13 and three and it, or 13 and four now, I guess, and you get that by one playoff win, you're in the conference championship game. You know, that, that is something we can do that. We can pull that off. And I think I'm, I'm waiting to see how they handle this off season, especially free agency to see our, are we going to be a team that's going to put our hat in the pile next year, you know, and move the scrum, move the, like, get this thing going. Uh, if if Mason Rudolph wins a playoff game next year, Pittsburgh's gonna lose their mind. Yeah, like happiness and like shock and like no, he's never gonna win a game. And if he wins a yeah. playoff game next year, like at home and zing and zings out three TDs, rushes one, and you know catches a TD from the Philly special from from Najee, like just has an MVP game. Like Pittsburgh will just be like unbelievable. Rudy yeah. did it, and I'll be yeah. all for it, man. Like, I think what I, what it's kind of transitioning into. I think this team doesn't need to be QB focused. Yes, it's a hot topic right now. Who's going to be our QB? We have many more issues on the offensive line to get to build, to get them to be physical. We need to start using Najee the correct way and get him in space so he's not getting hurt all the time, getting hit all the time. You know, he'll make his moves and he'll make the big runs. And once he gets into a bit of flow, then people will, will fear him, and the and, and the defense will, will either back off or they'll, they'll think about certain things getting the yeah, if we do sign juju if he stays fantastic uh claypool comes back and a better third year i would say claypool mate scrap last year whatever you did i don't care if you got two tds or 800 yards scrap that start again okay 
even even treat it like your rookie year and just you got to be better. You need to be better than what you're doing right now. And DJ, he he will also get a lot better too and, and start to take the reins and 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 you know, um, yeah, we've got to score touchdowns, right? We're just not scoring any touchdowns. We're, the field goals are great yeah. with Boswell. Um, Muth is going to go. I think Muth will go off too if he starts to use use that in, in kind of the system. I believe in this team that we have a chance. We do have a chance in the dance. It's just who's going to be the QB and and what kind of mentality or what kind of um, direction does this team go? Because we we don't we don't really know. And I'm kind of I'm getting to the point like I I don't know if we're not winning playoff games. What's the point? That's what I'm getting. I was so optimistic the last four, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. We got there. Now it's getting to the point, come on, man. You, you know, every year after, you know, it's hard watching Cameron Hayward say yet again, oh, we'll get it next time, boys. Yeah. And in his heart, you can tell that he knows he's a really good player, but he hasn't got any help around him, you know. Yeah. Just just the last last question before we before we end the show. It's been a great show, Jeff, mate, hasn't it, eh? Thanks. Yeah. It's been I, great. I, think, I think you are the new Aussie and, and Maddie's, Maddie's time's <laughs> up. <laughs> nah, it's been awesome. I want to I want to end, end it with this, and we talked about I guess the future. But here, here's a question on the offense, right? Who who will be the most important part? We've just rated we did rated now six to one. Who's the most important position do you think for success? To like for us to improve, or the guys we already have to win, to win. <laughs> okay, which position is the most important overall? Yes. Is the overall. offensive line? Right, it's the offensive okay. line, right. and and partly partly because it's five guys. Right, there's five of them. Yeah. <laughs> if you got five good players, it's better than having one good player. So yeah, I'm gonna go offensive line. Number yeah, one. Okay. That's and that's and that's where we need a ton of work. Yeah, I I kind of I think I, I think it, it 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 goes it gels with you too, right? I think to me it's the running game. I think it's very crazy and despicable that we are 32nd or 30th in the league running. Yeah. Najee will go off. We need help at the the second running back. And it all comes down to the offensive line and the running game. Now, if we bring in a Mason or whoever it is, a quarterback, it won't overly matter. As long as he's not losing the game, uh, I think he has chances that, that we can win the game. Now, that could be different if we struggle on offense and we're down by 14 points. Yeah, we could easily go. We, we could we could easily lose every single game, right? But I think if we can run this football and make the defense scare us that we have a running game and we won't, we won't be messed with, we have physical... Uh, if Green's back at center, he gets better. If we draft an offensive line guy, I don't know the, the draft guys, but if we draft someone who's physical and we need to be that, you know, the bad talks about the US, USFL Pittsburgh Maulers. We need to be a mauling kind of team, right? And yeah. I think we are missing that in the last few years that it comes down to third and 12 and you're like, how? Like, where are my Steelers gone? Where am I? You know, we show up, we, we, we beat the Ravens like twice. Four times in a row mm-hmm. now. We've beaten the Browns. But we can't go out and beat the Raiders at home. We can't, you know, we, we just lose to the Packers. There are certain things that are missing, and it's the running game. It's building on those possessions. It's it's not getting thumped all the time. It's not getting sacked all the time. I don't know. It just needs to – something needs to change. Any final thoughts before we end the show, Jeff, mate? No, and just good show, good show. <laughs> Short and sweet. All yep. right, thanks, guys. Uh, I like That was fun, man. That was super, super fun. It's always it's always interesting to like I guess you know maybe me and Maddie take time out here and there because we bring on like an American guest right and we have complete different ideas. It's like your time slot. Uh, what are you seven p.m. or something right now? Yeah, uh, five forty. Yeah, it still it still trips me out. All right, guys. I hope everyone <laughs> hope everyone enjoyed uh, Steelers touchdown under. Super fun. Look, 
basically, this team will get better. And no matter who the quarterback is, I think we need to rally around the run game and the offensive line and the defense. You, I've been stressed. I'll stress it all year. 22 and a half sacks for TJ Watt. And we can't win a playoff game. We can't win a playoff game. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out uh, uh, Steelers uh, Touchdown Under. We'll see you guys later. Thanks.